Welcome back to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. This is the fourth installment of the training series titled The Outlaws Trio. So we're going to talk a little bit about this Outlaws Trio, and then I just have a quick little sub-discussion at the end of this, uh, talking about degree of difficulty, which is something that I've been really concerned with, um, and I've found it to be quite consuming um, over the last six weeks or so, uh, which is why my, uh, explains my absence from the podcast. Um, it's been a very interesting, a lot has happened in, in that six week period of time. I've basically come to terms with the fact that the next, I guess we're looking at 10 ish months will be the final chapter of my athletic career and then moving on to I wouldn't necessarily say bigger and better things just different things where I'm hoping to achieve equal levels of success albeit in a very different industry but the athletic thing has been very it's it's been interesting um and as far as this degree of difficulty is concerned. Um, after the chin-up record, you know, things, th- when you go through certain experiences, it has a way of not necessarily changing your perspective, but opening your eyes to a different perspective. You see things differently, and you also recognize how fortunate you are to have time. Uh, time is such a, you know, something that can't be understated. It's such a precious commodity. And you realize that you can actually do quite a bit of amazing things in a very short period of time. And especially when it comes to athletics, you don't really know when it can all end because, I mean, one injury in 0.2 seconds uh, can end anybody's career. And so I think you you start to, I think you, it's just a bit of a awareness and recognition that, okay, you know, this is the amount of time that we have and what can, what can I do in that period of time? And that's where this degree of difficulty has been very, very interesting to me. And when it comes to pull-ups and chin-ups, uh, that's where I'm looking as far as to wrap up my career <laughs> as an athlete. And we're looking at, I, I don't really want to be saying what it is that I'm going to be doing until it's much closer to the actual date, but it, it will be heavily promoted and um, marketed <laughs> uh, because it's definitely going to be worth, it's definitely going to be worth watching. Uh, because it's something that's never been attempted before, never been completed before. And this would really put a, this would set a completely different standard. And as far as degree of difficulty is concerned, there is no higher level that can be achieved. And so obviously it's very interesting because there's a very good chance that I attempt to do what I'm going to do and just completely get my ass kicked or 
I'm going to pull it off. I, I don't really see any medium. I think I'm either going to do really, it's either going to go really well or it's going to go really bad. <laughs> uh, obviously, I'm uh, very confident and certain that it will go the right way. Uh, but it's just, you know, it's just one of those things. When, when you try to do something that's never been done before, the risk of the, or not necessarily the risk, but the unknown is a very, very present factor. And you just kind of hope that your training is good, it's sufficient, your mental game is on point, and you just show up and, and give it hell. And that's all you can really do. And so been thinking about all this, and, and I came across something called the Outlaws Trio that uh, quite liked it. I thought it was quite a humorous thing as well. And so I thought it would be worth sharing. So... The Outlaws Trio. So I came across this on a video game, <laughs> and it was a cutscene in in this video game, and it was just this discussion between the two characters, and it was kind of a throwaway comment uh, as far as like the the actual context of what these two characters were discussing. But I I'm like oh I, I like that, so I wanted to include that. And so the the three elements of the Outlaws Trio include skill, luck, and a dash of stupidity, which is my favorite, of course. So first of all, let's talk about skill. So the critical question or the critical concern when it comes to skill is, can I behave and think in ways that bring me closer to my objective and then ultimately achieve it? It's pretty simple. So the development of your skill set is what allows you to play the game. That's just your entry. Then there's levels, right? That's something that you hear a lot in sports. There's levels to this game. Well, what is it that they're saying? Ultimately, the development and the evolution of skill sets over a period of time is the difference maker between the champion and your last place team or last place individual, depending on the sport that you're referring to. So the more versatile your skill set, Obviously, you're going to be able to solve problems quicker, uh, which is always a benefit. But there's also this relationship that occurs with, which has been mentioned on this podcast before. Uh, I think the first time I mentioned this was actually about two and a half years ago. So it's interesting that this keeps coming up. And obviously, there's a reason for it. It's significant, which is the relationship between competency and confidence. As your competence increases, so will your confidence and vice versa. Now, it's not necessarily that simple because you can be an extremely competent, in other words, an extremely skilled individual, but when push comes to shove, under pressure, when it matters most, do you attack or do you retreat? And that ultimately is a confidence issue. So even though you have a very legitimate skill set, you still have to be mindful of the mental game because confidence is purely a mind game. Uh, that being said, there still is that, that relationship still exists between competency and confidence. And we'll kind of discuss confidence. It's been discussed already in, in this training series as far as understanding the, the mental fortitude behind that. Um, but I'm, I'm thinking I'm probably going to do an episode on that in the future 
ultimately it's it's very much concerned with do you attack or do you retreat when the opportunity presents itself and that's a completely different discussion so we'll push that aside for now interestingly about skill I was listening to a podcast with uh, John Donaher. It was Lex Friedman and John Donaher. And he, uh, John has been on Lex's podcast several times, uh, two times on his own, and once with uh, George St. Pierre and Gordon Ryan, which was very interesting. Um, big fan of John Donaher, uh, legendary Brazilian jiu-jitsu coach. But he said something that stood out to me, which was that don't listen to what people say, watch what they do. And particularly under the pressure of competition, that's who, that's when you see who they really are as a competitor. And so that's been standing out quite a bit to me. Uh, the other thing that he mentioned as well, which I thought was just a very practical piece of information, when, when you're trying to develop a skill set, whether that be very, very fine-tuning, we're talking about point. 0.01% improvements or at the beginning stages when you're making significant improvements. It's helpful to watch athletes who are similar in your body type and similar in personality. You can separate those two, personality from body type, uh, just because there's not many people. I mean, we're all fairly unique. We're also kind of not unique in, in some ways, but we're also fairly unique, especially when it comes to athletics. So the chances of an athlete having the same personality and the same body type and skill set is going to be kind of a rare occurrence. It can happen. Uh, so in my instance, uh, as you all know from listening to this podcast, I'm a big fan of Michael Jordan. And so his body type could not be more different than mine. So I don't necessarily look to his body type for knowledge. He also was a basketball player, which is not anything that has to do with me. But his personality and the mental game is something that very much concerns me. And the nice thing, at least, about him is that you can at least enjoy the dominance of his performance and enjoy it as a spectator in that sense of awe for somebody who was just so dominant in a particular field. But it's interesting, and I would also say to tack on to Donaher's point, also look at people who are really, really bad, <laughs> whether that be in skill set or in personality. Uh, I think it's also interesting, that's been something that's been concerning me as well. And I'm not sure when or if uh, I'll ever discuss it publicly, but there's certain athletes, we'll call them that, I guess, who, uh, <laughs> oh no, your bias is showing, um, who carry themselves in a way that really irritates me um, to the core, where I I've really believe that they, um, how do I say this? I do not like them at all, I think is just the PC way of saying it, so I don't get too fired up. I do not like these people um, in my particular field when it comes to uh, chin-ups and pull-ups. Um, the one guy in particular is a real goofball to me. We'll, we'll say it like that. And so there's, but there's benefit in learning from that and saying, okay, what do I not like about this individual? Why do I not like it? 
can I develop skills and mental fortitude and attributes to ensure that I am never anything like this person that I detest? So there is benefit to seeing somebody who's extremely dominant in regards to skill set. And then there's the personality type because that allows you to relate to that person. So as a teacher, even though this is a one-dimensional thing, if in my case, like for Michael, um, never met him, but he nonetheless is a teacher to me. He's someone that I can observe and learn from. Um, just understanding how that could fit into your own personality and into your own psyche and your own desires um, and drives, um, whether that be in athletic performance or business or what have you. So I think looking at both ends of the spectrum, who are the best and who are the worst, that helps you identify um, where you can find yourself and, and develop in a very structured manner. When it comes to luck, two components to it, or two different perspectives that are kind of related, I suppose. Very simply, when it comes to luck in a competitive context, in a performance context, luck is the element of unpredictability and the unknowns of life making itself present. That's why it's really interesting when you watch a sport, right? It's it's a sport, so there's it's its own ecosystem. There's its own rules and regulations, history, and there'll be these things that happen that just come out of nowhere that nobody could ever possibly predict ahead of time. You can hypothesize that, oh, yeah, sure, this could happen or that could happen, but to see it happen and to see it unfold and affect the outcome of the game is very fascinating. And so I, I just kind of chalk that up to... It's just life. It's that Murphy's Law, right? Um, another word for it, if you swap out luck, fortune. It's an interesting way of, and I'm not sure why it's interesting to me, but I, I haven't fully developed this idea yet, but there does seem to be, even though they kind of mean the same thing, luck and fortune, there is something compelling about fortune. It just hits in a different way. Uh, although I'm not sure how to identify that or articulate it at this point. Um, I just figured I would throw it out here right now. But there's good fortune and there's bad fortune. And it shines on all of us at some point in time. And you can argue and say, well, some have more or less than others. But that's relative because we can only go by the own experiences of our own life. It, it's a bit unfair to compare one person to the other when, like I said at the beginning, this is where our own uniqueness comes into um, effect here, where we have our own, our own personalities, our own desires, our own interests. The environment shapes us all very differently. And so it's a bit unfair to make the comparisons. So it's just easy easy math to do that calculation within yourself. And we can all think of times where fortune has graced us and fortune has just kicked us right in the face. Um, that's, like I said, I haven't really fully developed this idea yet, but I just figured it was worth throwing out there. It's very interesting to me. Alternatively, another way of viewing luck, which ties back into skill, uh, the, I believe he was Roman, 
philosopher Seneca, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. And this is one I think most people are familiar with. Um, this just stresses the importance of having an extensive and versatile skill set. Uh, because you just don't know the the unknown. You may be preparing yourself for something that you had no idea would ever be something that you would have to contend with. But nonetheless, once that opportunity presented itself, you were able to capitalize because your training and your preparation was so in-depth and so thorough that you were ready for the test before you even knew the test was going to present itself. It's a very interesting concept. So when in doubt about, oh, should I train more? Should I study more? The answer is always yes. There's ne you should never be satisfied in thinking that I've done, I I'm good here. Of course, there's time constraints. You can only do so much in a certain period of time, but you should be aiming always to do as much as you possibly can. More is always better when it comes to training and preparation and study. Because uh, you never know. You just never know what's gonna happen. Lastly, a dash of stupidity. Of course, I'm gonna love this. I, of course, appreciate the humor of it. Uh, essentially, what this element is composed of, it, it's basically saying that it pays off to be foolhardy, creative, daring, open-minded, etc. There's there's a number of words that you can use to describe this. Also, that that expression, reasonable men never achieved anything. You know, kind of says all you need to know. I, I think we're we're so quick to accept limiting beliefs of other people. It's some of that stuff gets inside your, your psyche and you may internalize it as well. And some of that may just come from within you on its own, of its own volition. But there comes a time, I think, where you start listening a little bit too much to what people have to say. Are you really listening to yourself, that, that desire, that instinct within you? Because that takes precedent over any other voice. You really got to, and not just hear it, but you have to listen and understand what is this drive? What is this instinct that's telling me this is possible while other people are saying that it can't be done? That's a very compelling thing. And I think you just have to, I think you just got to listen to it and you have to sit down with it and, and talk to it and understand where it's coming from and where it wants you to go. And how do you get there? Uh, I think it's just a valuable thing to pay attention to um, because everything is impossible until it's achieved. Then, then people want to turn around and go, oh, well, of course. And it's like, yeah, but those are the same people who were saying that it couldn't be done. And then they want to turn around after it's been done and then criticize you for it. It's very interesting. Not anything personal to do with me. <laughs> no personal stories there, none at all. Uh, but yeah, I just thought it was something worth discussing. And this is a very common thing. This is, um, this is by no means original. Uh, the British SAS, who dares wins. That's their motto. Uh, been their motto for quite some time as well. I just finished watching The Hobbit. I know, what a segue. Good movies. <laughs> I got the book right here as well. I'm excited to get through the book. It'll be interesting to see 
the uh, similarities and differences, but the story of the Hobbit is the, the unlikely hero. Uh, Bilbo Baggins comes from the Shire, which is this very protected, safe environment where no adventure is no adventure is ever had, and you know things of that nature. And he's also very small in stature, and then is is called to action, called to adventure. He answers the call, and this very unassuming, unlikely, the most unlikely hero turns out to be the one who saves the day. And he's the one that all of the successes of every other character is dependent upon him being able to execute, oftentimes in very unexpected ways. And so it just goes to, it just furthers that point that, and again, that ties back into skill set. You don't know when, how, if any of that is going to play out. You just have to be ready to answer the call. Uh, as well as uh, Matilda, there's a little quote that I always, I always liked where it was, be outrageous and make sure that everything you do is so completely crazy, it's unbelievable. Why settle for anything less? That always fascinates me. I don't know, it's, I don't know, it's a, just a bit of a puzzle to me where it's like, why not try and achieve at the absolute highest level that can possibly be dreamt of? Why not? You got one shot at life. Why would you not aim for the absolute highest and brightest achievement that you can possibly conceive? I don't know. It's just, you might as well. If you're going to do it, go all the way. <laughs> Be completely outrageous. So that's the Outlaws Trio. Hopefully that helps you conceptualize some of your ideas and and turn them into a vision so that you can follow it and uh, ultimately execute it. Lastly, just a very brief thing on degree of difficulty. So this came again from the podcast with Lex Friedman and John Donaher. Um, that was Lex Friedman podcast number 182 for people who want to listen to it. I highly recommend it. They, they cover such an incredible um, number of different topics and someone who uh, I really try to push myself as a podcaster, and all, you're always trying to get better. Um, when I listened to that podcast, I was like, oh, damn, that's that's the gold standard for a conversation right there. It was such so impressive. And they're both very intelligent and interesting um, men in their own right. So, of course, you know, they wouldn't disappoint, but would highly recommend that for people who want to give it a listen. So Lex offers up this this idea of, what, what makes an athlete great? What is the measure of success? Is it longevity or is it the highest peak of achievement? And so that's kind of how the, the question is proposed. They, they expand that and they kind of go, um, Donaher kind of takes it in his own direction. But I just thought it was very interesting because when I heard this discussion, I had already set out on my training. I've already been training for several weeks on a very strict training program. And so I already had this idea of what it is that I want to achieve. And it was all based around degree of difficulty. And so I thought, oh, wow, I, I didn't have that, that term in my vocabulary when I set out on this athletic endeavor that I'm on. So it was just very interesting where I'm like, oh, okay, that's the word for it, degree of difficulty. Um, and so personally speaking, 
when it comes to what is the, and again, this is very subjective. So determining, well, what is better than the other is a bit unfair because it's not, it's just not possible to agree upon a set of criteria where you can compare greatness to greatness, right? Ultimately, I think what you're going to see, which is what I'm going to propose in a moment, is your personal preference or your and your personality coming through on what do you value individually as a measure or a marker of success and or greatness. Personally, for me, I think longevity is overrated. I think I definitely have more of that gladiator perspective where it's all about the highest peak of achievement. Now, obviously, you want to achieve the highest peak multiple times. Of course, you can hypothetically do that. Um, that can be done. But I, I just don't think that the resource, the, the mentality for I want to spread my resources out over a period of time in order to maintain longevity. I think that's just kind of a bullshit way of going about it. Again, that's totally my personality and my just my mentality coming through. Um, but that's that's how I choose to do what I'm doing. It's purely based off of how high can we really go, um, and that is the ultimate measure degree of that for the degree of difficulty. Um, interestingly, the attributes that lead to longevity typically tend to conflict with the attributes uh, that bring bring about a powerful single performance. Um, it's just kind of interesting because obviously the the focus is for the latter it's it's on a particular performance, whereas the former is on spreading your resources out over time. So that spreading resources out over time is is bullshit. If you're gonna go out, go big, go as high as you can, and if you fall on your sword, that's the way it goes. But if you're gonna go out, you're gonna go out in that way, chasing the absolute highest high you, that you can. And um, I don't really have anything more to add other than just that's the mentality that I choose to live my life by um, as I am on the last whatever 10 months here of of this um, and I wouldn't necessarily say athletic career as if I'm never going to do anything athletic again but I think within the confines of how I live my life and the responsibilities that I have this is certainly going to be the final chapter and I feel very I feel very content with the pursuit that I am, the, the path that I am on, and to, I'm very content to do this, um, and, and however it goes down, if it goes well, great. If it goes not so well, you know what? That's also okay too, because I will know that I did everything that I could I worked as hard as I could have. I gave it my best effort. And you know what? Life is just, it's just that. It's just life. You don't know. As much as you can plan and prepare and work your ass off and sacrifice and be disciplined and fucking bleed and all that, um, it's just life. And, and really the value comes from the, the, the skills and the attributes that you pick up along the way 
And of course you want it for that achievement because I also think it's kind of goofy when people say, oh, you know, it's all about the journey. No, it's not all about the journey. Some of it's about the journey. It's about the destination. It's about reaching that peak. And once you get to that peak, guess what? You still got many more to go. You know, it doesn't just end there, but you may move to a different mountain in search of a different peak elsewhere. You just change. You just you just develop and you evolve. Um, but anyways, I hope this uh, gives you all something to think about. Hopefully you found it interesting. It's certainly um, these few topics have been very influential on me over the last six to eight weeks here and uh, happy to share it with you all. So we'll see you very soon and thank you all for listening.